Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to another episode of the Beat Orm Podcast. I am your co-host, Don the Piz Elivere, joined as always by Justin Jericho Turner. And we are two former college roommates getting together a couple decades later to talk about life, business, media, culture, entertainment, and everything in between. Let's go. Justin, my brother. welcome back, brother. Cheers, homie. I quick question though: Did, yeah, did yeah. you just refer to yourself as Ellie Vare? <laughs> I, I was wondering. Right. If you, I was wondering if you were going to catch that. Okay, you know, you, you know that you know that's how my name is supposed to be said, right? Yes. For all the y'all that don't know, this man is 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 very Haitian and has been <laughs> pronouncing his name wrong, probably for our benefit. Most of his life. Yep. Is that, fact, is that accurate? Not only that, do you know, do you know what my first name actually is? I know you Don knew my Al? last name. Do you know what my first name actually is? Nah, give it. Donal. Donal. The D is silent. Donal Eliver. Donal Eliver. The D is silent. The T is silent. But right. I've been keeping it my whole life as many people who come from immigrant families when they come to the U.S., we changed the pronunciation of our name to, I don't know, make it more palatable to. Yeah, that's a good word uh, to Americans. But like the odd thing is like. That's not even a different. That's not even a hard one. It's like take take the D off and take the T off like you can do. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for people when it's difficult and they don't have the option. But I have made the decision recently that I'm, I want to be a little more authentic to my own self um, and realize that, hey, hey, the reason I used to change it was be- basically it was a it was an institutional problem, right? It was it was either yeah. when I was in school or when I was in corporate America. So now don't leave there. We'll see. We'll see if it sticks. We'll see if I can if I can <laughs> <laughs> if I can if I can make it. But at least at least for Donal or Donald, it's still Don. Right. So there yeah, you go. yeah, yeah. All right. So we're good. Any- Anyway, anyway, for anybody who's watching the video, you want to tell these people why you're in a car and why there's sunshine out, why you got me tra- rearranging my schedule to record early on a Friday morning? Yes, sir. I am down in Miami. I'm out, uh, actually on Miami Beach at the moment. Uh, it's Miami Swim Week. Uh, for those of you who are not fans of my man, Ellie Vare and myself, uh, I work in fashion. So Miami Swim Week is a, it's a fairly busy time of year for folks like me. Um, the models that we work with, um, several of them are down here participating in shows. I also produced a couple of events down here. Uh, my personal job is done in Miami. Now I get to like chill and enjoy the day um, flying out. Uh, by the time folks listen to this, I'll be back in New York, but um Miami Swim Week will have just ended by the time folks are listening to our pod. Fantastic time to be in Miami. People coming from all over the world to partake in uh, parties, festivities, fashion shows. Um, Many fashion brands target this time of year to open, to release new collections. So there's a lot of 
positive energy, a lot of good vibes down here this time of year. So um, that's why I'm recording in a car, folks. Um, but we're still coming to you. At, we're coming to you live, man. I got um, a real quick story to tell. Uh, our event, Afroganica, which is uh, it's Afro plus organic, Afroganica. It's mm-hmm. a fundraiser for a nonprofit called the Eco Ed Impact Corporation down here in Miami. They serve uh, communities of color, helping them to become more eco-conscious and in the process also addressing various um, community building enterprises. And so uh, we did a fundraiser for them. That was on Wednesday. And then I worked on um, a release for a new brand, uh, Oma Boutique, released a swimwear line. It's one of our clients. owned by someone you know, Onyeka. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are right now just gearing up, getting ready to go to three or four shows today. So that's where I'm at, my man Pizzle. Um, and also still drinking. Well, cheers to that, brother. Cheers to that. <laughs> Speaking of which, what are you drinking? You know what's funny? <laughs> Did we do the same thing? Because you got us up bright and early in the morning. What are you, what, yeah. what are you working on in your, in your little plastic... Cup. Speaking of eco conscious, I know, right? <laughs> We're right. both drinking out of fucking plastic <laughs> with plastic straws. God damn it! Well, I got, I got, a, I got, a, I got an eco straw, so I'm all right. I'm, oh, I'm halfway okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you better drink that drink quick because with those straws, are bullshit. <laughs> I know it's, it's like melting on the bottom already. I got, got? A, that's, I, that's not a stout. That's not a stout. It is not, but it is also made with coffee, which is both of my beers. Most of my beers are anyway. Um, but yeah, I got a, I got a mocha. Uh, iced mocha uh, with some spiced rum. So I'm I'm getting lit early. An iced mocha with some spiced rum. That sounds fantastic. It is ridiculously good. Like, I didn't realize what I was doing. I might have started a trend for myself. I don't know if I'm going to do a whole <laughs> lot of early morning drinking piss. <laughs> but if I do, <laughs> this might be it. Because I'm. this is delicious. <laughs> like, I don't know why I didn't think of this before. I told you them called. Remember when I made that that filthy chai a few weeks back? Yeah, I yeah. had so so. I recently had my uh, I recently had my my sister Nat my older sister Natalie um, and her my niece and her, uh, one of her good friends over with her uh, son and daughter of the crib and people were like, "Oh, let me try that drink." So I made the filthy chai. Everybody was losing their goddamn minds. So go back to that episode. Uh, I believe that was episode 10. Go back to episode 10 and check out that Drake I made at the beginning because that filthy chai is fantastic. But the reason I mentioned that, them, these, 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 uh, these co- spiked coffee drinks, we might need to open a, just a spiked coffee cafe. Right? <laughs> to be honest, right? Because they're fantastic. Dude. Uh, <laughs> what you got? So what you got in the cup, man? I, uh, because again, you got me up at the crack of the, of, of the day. It's not really the crack of dawn, but it's still way earlier than we ever recorded a podcast. I got myself a, a, a morning starter drink here. I went to I just went I just went across the street to my my local juice bar, got myself a uh, what was this? This was a orange, pineapple, lemon, ginger, all fresh nice. fruit. I, I was watched the guy throw two oranges, a whole two whole oranges, a whole lemon, chop a piece of ginger, throw it in the machine. My only beef, my only my only problem is um they got one of them um 
one of those like uh, industrial juice machines at the juice bar. So no and, Well, that's the thing. I I saw it, it. It like has like two spouts where one is the juice they serve the customer, and one was all the pulp. And so after I got, I said to the guy at the counter, I was like, "Hey, what what's in that other one?" Knowing damn well it's the goddamn pulp. <laughs> that we that we love for some reason, and then I was like, I was like, um, you know, what if what if you like that? Want my man looked at me like I had two heads. I don't think he'd ever heard of anybody actually wanting the extracted pulp. He was not trying to give it to me, and I was not trying to be that guy early in the morning. So I walked away, took my thin strained juice, still tasty, Pulpless. spiked spiked it with some vodka, just to splash. Because I'm not trying okay. to get too crunk early in the day, but you know we still <laughs> gotta drink sexy over here. So let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. What I wanted to talk about with you today is authenticity. And that actually is what sparked me to be to say, how am I going to talk about authenticity to you when at the vi- when I, I, I opened the podcast without even being fully authentic to who I actually am? Mm. Right. Going deep and, <laughs> and so the reason before we even get into talking about people names and how the stripping of names historically is one way to really uh, detach people from their authentic their authentic backgrounds. Um, I want to, I want to tell you a a little story about two trips. I recently went on one trip. One of these trips I already mentioned on one of the recent podcasts. So I think if if people have been listening, I I mentioned before, I recently got engaged in the middle of wedding planning. So I've had to take a couple of quick shotgun trips down to, cause we're thinking of doing the destination wedding. So, right. So I went on a trip to, uh, to Dominican Republic. And while I was there, checked out uh, a couple of wedding potential spots. And I went on a trip to Jamaica just a couple of weeks ago. Now, the real interesting thing that hit me. You know very well back in the day when when you used to go, uh, when you used to live up in uh, Harlem, especially I think Spanish Harlem when you lived around there, right? Or just north of Spanish Harlem you lived. You lived near a whole bunch of Dominican spots. Oh, yeah. And I used to hit you up whenever I was coming, going to be near your crib. I'd be like, yo. Let's hit up the the Dominican fried food joints. That was my thing. And I used to always, I used to get the stuff that only like true authentic Dominicans get, like the blood sausages and the this and that. That's when I actually ate pork. And, and all, that, <laughs> all that grease. That, that's a whole other piz life ago, right? <laughs> but in any case, like, you know, I love Dominican food. So what was wild when I went to Dominican Republic, And I've heard this from other people that went to Dominican Republic. If you went to a resort and stayed on the resort, which means you didn't listen to our traveler cheat code in one of our earlier episodes. But I didn't even listen or heed our advice because I had such limited time. These were not these were not like actual vacation trips. These were more like got itinerary. Check out this place, scout places, et cetera. So we're scouting the place and we need to try the food at the places too, at all the different restaurants. One thing I will tell you. At the couple of resorts I went to in Dominican Republic, not to I hope I don't get my Dominican friends mad at me, but yo, the food was not good. The food was not was not good. And the reason why I say the food was not good, though, is because they weren't serving Dominican food <laughs> that I know Thank is you. Dominican food. What they were serving were 
American menus made on a Dominican resort. And like, I'm talking to like things like, you know, creamed spinach, pizza, this and that. It was very hard to track down like some authentic, even Dominican food on a resort. And I understand the why behind this, as I'm sure you probably do, right? They were, they're clearly, they, they've recognized that they have a, a lot of their customer base are uh, Americans and or European travelers. Mm-hmm. And so a lot, all, a lot, so many of these resorts have decided we're going to adjust our food so that, you know, to avoid probably maybe to avoid complaints. I've spoken with restaurant owners that I know before about these things with who have ethnic restaurants, right? Cultural restaurants, even my dad's restaurant. Right. That, right. um, that sometimes you got to change up the things to match the palate of the, of the customer base you're serving. The problem with that though, is you're not keeping it authentic, authentic. You're not keeping it real. And all you've done at that point is maybe you've gone and you've pleased a couple of people. You've, 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 you've gone to the extent of changing yourself to please a couple of people while simultaneously pissing off a whole bunch of other people. Right. So this what is, is, this is a classic when keeping it real goes wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Remember that old Dave Chappelle joint? <laughs> keeping it real goes wrong. I'm glad you said that. Cause that's exactly what I was thinking. Now, same similar story. I go to I go to I go to Jamaica a month or so later, right? Jamaica, I gotta say, the resorts of Jamaica, I've had better luck. Food is usually food is actually a little more authentic, but then the problem there, bland as hell. And you're like, wait a minute. I know Jamaican food. I got plenty of Jamaican <laughs> friends. Another thing, I love me some Jamaican food, right? I love all island food. Let's put it that way. Actually, yeah. I, I just love food. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why narrow it down? As yeah, long yeah. as it's good, I love all yeah. of it. But um, you go, go go to Jamaica and you're like, why is the why is the jerk chicken on the at the resort like not it's not it's not it's not enough of a jerk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you need to be like, more jerky. Like it's called jerk chicken for a reason. Like it's supposed to like insult you, slap you in the face. Make you right. feel it, right? Thank you. <laughs> so, so in any case, so then I come back and I'm doing some research. I'm trying to see what people think about these resorts because I want to see, you know, I know what I think, but I want to see what people, how, how, how people who have gone, what their experiences have been. Maybe they, they experienced some stuff we didn't experience, you know, doing my due diligence on spots we're considering. And I come across this, uh, this uh, white American woman who's a blogger. Seems like a, seems like a, a nice, well-traveled lady knows what she's talking about. And I noticed that she comments and she warns people. She says, one of the problems I had with this resort in Jamaica is that the food was super bland. Um, she says, apparently food in Jamaica just isn't tasty. Uh, bring your own salt, your own pepper, your own spices. I'm reading this and I'm both laughing and fuming at the same time because this is ex- <laughs> I'm like, this is the problem right here. This, by, by this Jamaican resort, like watering down their food to because they think they need to do this in order to appease people when you in in taking steps to strip yourself of your authenticity just in order to appease some people that you think you need to appease you've both not actually appeased people who actually are in that demographic that you thought you were going to appease because not everybody is coming down you know with that level of 
I guess, naivete or ignorance in terms of their expectation of things being the way it is for them at home. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's just, it was driving, it, it drives me nuts because like you said, that's when I, I, I viewed that as keeping it real going wrong. And it was a, it's been a big reminder to me of why you, the opting to keep it, to be authentic to yourself, authentic to your background, authentic to your roots when you're faced with a choice is usually the way to go. Now I say that as someone who has come from a long time period of my life spent in corporate America in business management and knowing you can't you always keep it 100. All right, people <laughs> don't, don't, I don't want people going and, and taking what I'm saying and putting this the wrong way. <laughs> but, um, but why I really want to talk about this with you, JT is because, um, one of the things that you've always talked about yourself and I've, I always, when I, when I introduce you to people or, or talk to you about people, or they ask me what you're like, I always say JT is honestly, um, one of the realest, most, uh, keep it authentic, uh, people I know doesn't put on, uh, any, any levels of, of fakeness that even most of us normally put on with each other. And that's what, one of the things I love about you, bro. So I thought this would be a topic that would interest you. Hopefully it does. What do you think? Yeah, man. You know, my, my parents. Speaking of naming, name me Justin Turner, right? Which is probably like, I don't know if you can get much more Anglo than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. we talked about this a a little bit on the pod, that there's a professional baseball player with my name who, like, from appearances, is like the exact polar opposite human being from me, right? (laughs) These big, curly, like, red-haired, um white dude. And, you know, my parents are from the deep South, grew up in the sixties and they just wanted their kids to have a fair shot in corporate America. So all of us have very, we'll call them basic American names. You got an Alec, you got an Eric, you got a Cynthia, you got a Justin, um, and my brother Daryl, rest in peace. All of us have very basic names, right? Now, I named myself Jericho. As I got older, I decided I needed to separate myself from the identity that I think my parents wanted me to have because it was clashing with the identity that I was building for myself. Mm -hmm. And that's not, it's, it's hard as uh, a black American to make a choice, even the choice that you're making to pronounce your name the way that it's authentically pronounced. You take a risk in the same way that those restaurants take a risk by being authentic. If you turn people off, who are the people that you're turning off? And you're kind of making a decision about which group of people you want to turn on or turn off. And so as far as I'm concerned, if people can't accept the package, the way that it's being delivered, then we're probably not going to get along anyway. So I might as well just turn you off from jump. That way we can all save time and save energy and we can go about our business. Um, you know, naming, especially for black Americans is a very big thing because as many folks know, like if your last name is Jones or Turner or Brown or any other of the many other names, um, 
we got those names from our slave masters. And if we're trying to really have an honest discussion in America about freedom and the concept of individualized freedom, which is like on brand for the Republican Party, right? They are the authentic Americans. And yet they're trying to recruit more people of color who will pretend to be more like them as opposed to embracing people of color for who they are and where they are. And that's why the Republican Party has so much problem, so many problems with recruiting folks like me and you, regardless of their policies, which I do want to talk about also, because we're talking Mm -hmm. about authenticity. Regardless of policy, this is just about, can you accept my culture? Or do you expect me to conform to yours? And just also for the record, Piz, I'm going to put you on to a different resort in Jamaica. It's just outside of Montego Bay. Much better food. Some of the best food I've had in the Caribbean. You know I bounce around the Caribbean a lot. Um, yes, sir. So for all the people also, I just want to co-sign on what Don said about food in DR real quick. If you go there, you must leave the resort to eat because the food on the resorts is trash. Not it's okay. It's, it's ballpark food in the seventh inning. It's old, <laughs> crusty trash. You know what I'm saying? So just do yourself a favor. Find somebody local. Get off the resort. Um, speaking of ballpark, speaking of ballpark, uh, me, Don Piz, and a couple of the B-Dorm heads got together for an NYCFC home game at Yankee Stadium most recently. Don's right, first game. Right. Shout out, shout out to um, Raj, Big Raj. Shout Big out Rod. to uh, to Marcus. But, but I want to thank you for this because you uh, brought me to my first American soccer, my first MLS soccer game. I've been to, uh, I've actually... My very first professional soccer game was in Paris at I went to a PSG game like maybe four years ah, ago, which is like okay. a hell of a way to get introduced to, to professional sure soccer live. Sure you know, I've watched tons of soccer, but to see it live. But I, I gotta say, a couple of couple of things I learned. First off, yo, MLS, fun time. Fun, fun time. And you get you, you find your local MLS team and go to games because if they're playing at the stadium that you normally go to for other sporting events, there's so many less people that you're like the, 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 the feeling of enjoyment of the stadium and VIP level status that you have, that you have at the, at the stadium, because you've been, you've been a, you've been a, 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 a season ticket holder since its inception, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, it's like walking around Casa de, de Jericho in that place is is dope. But and you also helped me real learn this whole time. I, I'm always anytime I think about that, that that's the the uh, New York, the not the Red Bulls, but the team, the NYCFC team we went to. I'm always like, why can't I remember that name? Why can't I remember what what their actual name is? I'm like, they're the New York City Football Club blank. And I was like, you, and then I learned, oh, it's because their name is. New York, New York City, City football, football club. club. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. there, there ain't anything yeah. after that. So this whole time I've been thinking that I got some memory lapse problem, and it's just that that's their name because that's how they do with soccer people. 
in a lot of That's a lot right. of places are just FC something. So mm-hmm. anyway, sorry. Appreciate. Just wanted to sh- pre- show the appreciation to you for that. But go ahead, continue, my man. Yeah, just to, for people that are confused, you know, soccer was originally called football, and then Americans decided to call it something else. But MLS teams still use the football in their name for most clubs. So, you know, they 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 understand that they're part of a greater culture, and oftentimes Americans don't. Oftentimes Americans expect everything to conform to them, and it's it's. This is it, it insults me a little bit because I'm like, all right, so you you trumpet yourself as this, you know, all inclusive melting pot of culture. And yet all you really want is for everyone to come here and speak perfect English and become Americans. Now, just for my own political commentary, I think if you live here, you should speak English. Right. So in some ways, I I agree with many Republicans and I get into beef sometimes with some of my liberal friends on this subject. But then I say this, if you lived in Paris, wouldn't you learn French? And they say yes. And I say, if you lived in blank, wouldn't you learn that language? And they say yes. So I feel like if you live here and there are many people who live here who have never decided to begin to learn English, because America is pretty good about creating little pockets of community where you can just not speak the language and, you know, be a fully functioning citizen. But I just kind of feel like if you live here, you should speak the language. Now, that being one thing on a short list of things that I agree with Republicans on, because I am an (laughs) anti-Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I am an (laughs) anti-Republican. May may I interject though with a question? Because you just touched upon something. I'm not in I'm not in uh like full disagreement with you or anything, but I'm curious if you're aware unless uh let me ask you this question. Put it this way. What's the official language of the United States of America? Money. <laughs> What's the official spoken language of the United States of America? American. <laughs> You goddamn! You're, you're acting exactly the way you acted when I took a I took a class with you in college at one point. This is how you treated teachers. You antagonized, <laughs> and then you went and became a teacher yourself. You just love you just, you just love to refuse to give people what they try to extract out of you. All right, my point we're, I'm making we're gonna, is we're, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go with English. My bad. Continue. Yeah, I don't know. It's all good. <laughs> I feel you. Um, the interesting thing now. I'll put it this way. I worked in professional language services for a long time. So this is why I knew this. But I um, I don't think a lot of people realize this. And unless this has changed in modern times that I'm not aware of there, the English is not the uh, like official or at least for, by, from a legal requirement language of the United States. What a lot of people don't realize. One of the things that's that's kind of interesting about the United States. We don't have an official language. That's why that is why so many. Um, that's why it, translation is a. For people who have no idea that that's even an industry that exists, there's a lot of people making a lot of money in translate translation because a lot of stuff needs to get trans- translated for the po- community pockets of non English speaking communities that you just mentioned. The reason I wanted to bring that up though is because that's where it gets a little tricky about the conversation. Obviously, I, I come from a, a a family that did not that all spoke French and Haitian Creole and uh, before learning English. I 
didn't even speak English. Didn't my family switched to English when I was like four? My first language was French. There were and Haitian Creole were my f- first two languages that I that mm-hmm. I learned. My mom didn't even. My mom was worried I didn't speak English when I first went to school. So the the language thing is a little a little hits home for me because I have gone back and forth on my thought process on this. I personally, for myself, agree with you that what I would do for myself is. I would feel obliged to learn the most commonly spoken language of wherever I am and ingratiate myself in the coach culture linguistically just for ease of the logistics of life. Right. And being able to navigate, navigate life. But I have seen, I have, I have friends who have moved overseas. I have friends who have moved to China and, and I also can think of friends who have moved to Paris who have not learned Chinese or French have uh resided in a pocket of um of uh of of expats in where where they were find a community of expats and do that so i was like hey you know what that's that's not what i would do but it's even crazier to do that in certain countries where the language is official and we have americans who are going and doing that to then then people who are coming here we're like hey it's actually not not a full legal Legally, it's not it's not the the official language, at least last I checked in the United States. So it's one of those things that's tricky, though, because like it's not it's a it's like it's almost like a an understood like, yeah, this is the official language. But as far as technicalities go, it's not. Gotcha. Anyway, anyways, that's all. all But (laughs) going back, going back to your point about soccer, one of the things I think is interesting, because this is what I was saying before. Uh, when I when I was giving when I was telling people don't take take when we're talking about keeping it authentic we're talking about keeping it authentic from you know personally but I do think there's a there's a line that gets drawn when you're talking about operating within the capitalistic system of the of the country if you're if you're trying to 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 make money off of something and that's where with soccer I love soccer for the fact that soccer is a sport that is, that ha, that remains true to itself no matter no, like no matter all the changes that Americans say soccer should have like like there needs to be more goal scoring there shouldn't be offsides there's blah 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 soccer's like not nah. like this is the world's biggest sport we're keeping it real however i do think that they've often shot themselves in the foot by not adapting the presentation of the sport to be able to capitalize better financially um because one of the things that messes up soccer they need more time they need like t- they need timeouts they need breaks. They need to, they need breaks to have commercials. It sounds it sounds silly, but think about it. Why did why, all, all the majority of sports? Uh, the way that they get so much of their money is from television revenue. That television revenue is because those those TV stations get so much marketing dollars to put to go along with the sport. And if, in particular, if you've paid attention to what's happened in um, broadcast media over the last few years, it's become very a lot more difficult for people to actually get viewers on commercials. So the spot, so people who are spending sponsorship money, one of the places that they are most willing to spend them is in sports. Cause that's one of the only places where you get live viewership who is will, right. willing to deal with commercials. So, right. so that is you know, one, that is one, just one little caveat where I say, keep it authentic. But Remember that if you have if your end goal is related to dollars in this country, you may have to make you may have to make some changes. My man, you may have struck gold um, just by mentioning this to the, the, the ethosphere. If people are paying attention, 
you know, like if, when it's super hot at a soccer game, they have hydration breaks, right? Mm-hmm. They just they just stop the clock, take a break. Everybody goes to the sideline, drinks water. Just make it standard. Yeah. Just have a couple of hydration breaks that are standard so that players can look forward to it, so that fans can look forward to it. Like, soccer is that sport where you might only get one goal in the entire match, and that's when you went to go piss. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's like when that's like when I turned around and was talking to our boy Marcus, who, who uh, first of all, uh, we got to talk about how we're going to bring Marcus on to really talk about soccer in a second. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but I was talking around, having a conversation, haven't seen him in years, catching up with him, and then the goal gets scored. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's the worst thing I learned about the soccer game. Keep your eye on the pitch at all times. Yes, sir. You know, there there is a there is a, a slight cheat. You have to listen to like the crowd swell. So mm. like you're not paying attention, and then you'll hear, oh <laughs> you start getting louder. That's when you gotta look. Because something may or may not happen. You might be this, you're probably gonna be disappointed. But you might catch a goal, so you got to you got to listen to that crowd swell, because you know I, you got to tune out every once in a while. You got to talk to your friends. You want to drink your drink. You want to eat your food. The crowd generally will tell you when there's a buildup happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate that. That is actually that is that is a that is a that's a soccer that we might have to do a sporting events cheat code actually, right? Because there are a lot of little there are a lot of little things to know at sporting events. Like how to navigate and get get yourself to a better seat, when to time out to go to the bathroom, when to time out to get your food. We're gonna have to do that, aren't we? A sporting event. Ah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it, man. All we'll right. do it. Um. Anyway, Mark, we mentioned Marcus briefly. Uh, our boy Marcus lived in Beatorm with us. Um. Why you want to tell you want to tell these people about 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 how we gonna how we plan to bring him on when World Cup comes? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring on uh Marcus Omar. He's a longtime sports writer. Uh, used to write for um, New England Sports Network and then moved on to to do more freelance sports writing. We got a, a short clip segment that we're going to drop for you guys right now, just so that you can see how ridiculous we are when we get together. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I haven't seen it yet, but I was part of it and I'm, and I'm concerned. <laughs> it, it's, it's a little ridiculous. So please be patient. We had a lot of drinks on us by that point. Um, and it was after the match and we won. So we were we were in celebration mode too. All right. All right. So y'all check this out. We're live at Yankee Stadium with a special guest of the Beat Orm podcast. I'm here with Justin Jericho Turner. Yeah. And Marcus Quasi Omar. What's up, party people? Jericho, why are we here today? Yes, sir. We are here at Yankee Stadium celebrating uh, a recently a rare victory for my squad, New York City Football Club. Now, we got a couple of native New Yorkers, myself and, of course, Don Pizzle. And we got a New Englander in the house. Yes, right? so, that's me. I'm down in New York for the uh, there was a reggae concert I was here for Meta in the Cornerstones on Friday and then added a revolution, my beloved revolution against New York City FC. My first trip to Yankee Stadium for soccer and um, didn't go as I'd hoped. <laughs> word, word, word. Some, so, some, some bad refereeing, some 
Uh, I think it was fixed. Some, some, some questionable calls, but we'll take the win. We'll take the win. Shattering hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Yankee Stadium, where my dreams go to die. Uh, All right, so we got Marcus Omar here. Marcus is a longtime sports writer uh, in the New England area. And, um, you know, one of the questions that I wanted to ask Marcus since we had him here is, why do American fans have such a poor relationship with the sport originally called football? The It hasn't caught on in the larger American culture. Um, I think because I think it's because of immigration patterns when Europeans who come and, you know, people have been playing soccer in this country and watching it and consuming it at a high level professionally dating back a hundred years. Right. But it is something that immigrant groups tend to shed as they uh, try and assimilate into larger American culture. And then, you know, you have your... Uh, some of it is rooted in anti-communism in the 1950s and beyond, where soccer is seen as a sport of foreign invaders who want to come here and um, convert our women to the metric system. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever those schemes and things. Yeah, clearly we had a few at the stadium here today. All right, so... I want to, since I have you, you know, you're my boy. Yes. I've, I've known you for 25 years plus. Yeah, we're pushing 30, actually. This is a very, this is a very important question. Yeah. <laughs> how, how heartbroken were you after we rubbed y'all out in the playoffs <laughs> last year? <laughs> of all, I've seen, I've seen the New England Revolution um, choke, for lack of a better word, in um, different states, four or five different states. MLS Cup Finals, MLS Cup Eastern Conference Final. This was the conference quarterfinal last October, November at Gillette Stadium. And um, Jenny and I, she's not here, but we went down, we watched the game, and just totally crushed. I saw one of my longtime friends immediately after the game and snubbed him. I was like, I didn't even... He made a comment about MLS being substandard to European, and I just... Boom off for the rest of the night. So, how heartbroken was I? It's up there in the top four New England Revolution chokes that I've seen live and in person, dating back to 1999, 98. Fantastic, my man. We we are we're at a place now where we're just now trying to teach most of New York that we actually have a championship football club. Yeah, and it's not the Giants or the Jets. So they're very confused when I say it because I always refer to it as football. And they're in New York City FC. They're worth they're worth watching. They're worth following. They play a very entertaining and, and I think enterprising style of play. That um, I think it it'll draw casual fans in and new fans if they get behind the team, get to know the players, and uh, just watch how they play. Really, what everything we really care about as soccer fans is what happens on the field. Uh, that's that's bigger than anything, and of course we love talking about what happens off the field and the the transfers and the rumors and who's dating whose ex girlfriend and things like that. But you know, it's really about <laughs> it's about who you are as a player and how you play. So, so uh, Marcus, was, how how long do you think NYCFC holds on to Tati Castellanos? Uh, Hours or days? <laughs> yeah, hours, hours or days from now. Uh, the transfer window is still open, and I would be surprised if the transfer window closes and he's still 
uh, New York City FC player. Um, he's got too much quality, and there are too many teams in soccer, in, you know, in Europe and around the world that need goal scorers. And what does he do? He scores goals. He scores goals. Yeah. Every team out there needs in the same, in every transfer window. Oh, they say we'll be better if we get a center forward, center midfielder, a center back, and a goalkeeper. There's a lot of teams out there looking for goals. Uh, if Tati's still playing for New York through the end of this season, I will be shocked. Stoked. One of the true, few true number nines left in our in our sport. Like, you know, teams are just throwing guys forward nowadays. Yeah. We have a guy who is a killer up front. Scores goals. And it's it's stunning. That he hasn't been picked Turned up Turned me into a fan today, the but break. apparently he's going to be gone soon. The breaker, <laughs> the, 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 the breaker of dreams. Yeah, man. That's two goals today as well. Two goals yeah. on the day. Yeah. Two goals on the day and, uh, you know, one missed penalty that we probably shouldn't have taken to begin with. <laughs> Three disputed penalty calls uh, all in a day's work at Yankee Stadium. I knew we weren't going to come out of here and uh, not have some drama or controversy. It's, what do you what do you expect? Yes, yes. All right, let me read these guys fast real quick. All right. Yo, get it going, get cray cray in here. Woo! That's making it to the pod, by the way. And I'm six one years old. I can still do that. Yeah. I can keep that ball. Listen, if the goalie's the only one that can have the ball, why can't the goalie just take the ball and go and put it into the other thing and say score? <laughs> then they'll say he fixed it. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Yo, we're gonna we're gonna jump back on. We'd like to thank you for tuning into this very brief, very dope segment of the Beat On Podcast. I'm here, Jericho Turn, with my man Don Piz and our special guest. Marcus Quasi Omar. Pleasure to be here. I didn't think it was gonna happen this quickly, but it's an honor. Uh, we go back a long way and to reconnect on this medium is uh, it's just beautiful. Yeah. All right. All right. So, <laughs> keeping with keeping with <laughs> keeping with this theme of authenticity and or keeping it real. So something I realized, something else I realized recently. Um, going to people's cribs, going to going to visit friends during like in, in this post pandemic, current pandemic, whatever the hell world we live in. I realize a, a little a little thing that would happen when you when you go to people's cribs, people who have been working from home, stuck at home a lot more, uh, especially like especially a year ago. This was happening a lot. You would go visit people and you'd step into their crib and they'd be first thing people would say, hey, so glad to see you. I haven't seen you in a long time. Sorry, my place is a little messy. I've been stuck at home a lot. Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so that got me thinking. One of the ways that I realize we all, all, every one of us have been trained completely to not be authentic and keep it real is <laughs> when you have guests coming over, you feel the obligation to tidy up so your guests have no idea how you really is. <laughs> if, if, I, if I could put it that way. I definitely can. I accept that fully. I'm on that um, list. E even you, my man, even you, who I said is one of the most authentic, keep it a real people I know. I know. I know you do this. You've got to do it. I've been to your crib. I know you crib because your crib is clean and tidy when I come over. 
So it got me wondering, imagine if we lived in a world where that wasn't allowed, where somehow <laughs> they could like in minority port, like remember, um, what was it called about already report? Do you remember when it was like future crime or something like that? The, but like the, pre, the precogs, yeah. Precogs. If precogs, if they if they if they could sense that you were about to tidy that shit up, uh-uh. And they sent people to scoop your ass up and take you to prison. <laughs> like you cannot, you can't tidy your joint up. So if we live in a world where people where when people came over, they had to, they had to see how you actually live for real. Because <laughs> I remember, this is the thing, because I think we all get it like from our parents, right? Because as a young kid, guests coming over, you watch your parents, you watch your family, like sometimes it's a whole day mission, getting everything clean, kitchen, bathroom, living room, bedrooms, yard, if you got a yard, everything is getting touched up. Everything's getting fixed. We might even wash the car that's just parked in the in the driveway just so people don't see your dirty ass car. Right? <laughs> like, why are we all programmed to put up a front about how we are in our own private space? This is right? so true. So I'm I'm thinking to myself, what if like I said, we live in a world where you can't do that. So my question to you, Jericho. Yes, sir. And I had to think about this. I was like, who does this man Jericho respect? Who do you really, really respect? And I don't think that I know. You know, I feel like you respect me, but I do. Real, I, I will say that I, I, I was uh, I came to a realization also with this, that your the truest sign of a of a real close friend, real close friend or family member is if someone can come over your crib and you're not touching a damn thing when it, you're letting them walk right in the door. You're letting them see everything. You're letting them see the hair trimmings on your sink from when you shaved your beard, the little stains on your on your toilet. Sorry if that's gross, but everybody got them, especially men. Um. You're letting them see ev- everything, right? Like your sink is 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 disgusting. <laughs> like if you come over to my crib and you see that, that means I love you. Like I love you. <laughs> if you come over and my shit is spick and span, you know we're, we're, we're tight, but, but yeah, you know I don't, I don't I don't know I don't know you like that. So in any case, <laughs> so here's my here's what I propose to you, and I want to know I want to know what your answer is. All right, good, Barack. And Michelle, Barack and Michelle Obama are coming over because I know those are two people you respect immensely. Come that you come to my crib. That you have that you you love those two, right? Because when didn't you say when a few episodes back when I asked you who's coming to space, you were bringing Barack. That's right. That's if you right. got to vi- if you got to visit the alien, if the if you were an ambassador to the aliens, one of the people that you would bring with you is is Barack, right? Oh, so, bezels. So let's say. Let's say you got to have a meeting to plan for that visit with the aliens that we talked about a few episodes back. So, and Barack and Michelle are coming over to your crib. I'm going to let you modify. (laughs) I'm going to let you modify and adjust or tidy up one thing in your crib from exactly how it is from when you left your crib before you went down to swim week or is that what it's called? Swim week in Miami. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. 
Yeah. Before you went down there, hopefully you remember what, what your crib looked like. You can change one thing. What are you going to, what are you going to, what are you going to alter so that they do not say to themselves, damn, this is how Jericho lives. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny when you first started talking, I was like, I would, I would probably try to hide like my little mini bong. <laughs> <laughs> So they don't judge me. But then I remembered Obama smoked herb. He did? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, I don't know if you saw that Key and Peel episode. Uh-uh. It's, uh, Google it. I will. Key and Peel, Obama. One of the funniest things ever. Because, first of all, he does an excellent Obama. But it's like, it's a skit of young Obama talking about smoking trees. <laughs> <laughs> So, yo, maybe I wouldn't hide that stuff. Maybe I would just leave it there and be like, this is me. I'm, this is what it is. I think, um, cause my, you've been to my crib. I don't really have like a, like a, 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 a table in my living room where I would like, like host those kinds of guests. I, I like, mm-hmm. I, it's a basic ass living room table from Bob's furniture. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, I feel like I would upgrade my, my living room, uh, coffee table to something that more fits my genre, so to speak, something maybe, um, you know, made from a, a black manufacturer or something like that. Like, cause if Obama's were coming into my crib, I want them to see that I support black business immediately. And I think that's the one piece of shitty furniture in my living room that I would, that I would, that I would change. So you said it's a, it's the, the coffee table, the coffee table. Yeah. yeah. The one that I was sitting at when I was at your crib after the soccer, soccer game. Yeah. yeah the one you drink, drinking a, drinking a whole <laughs> goblet of whiskey that, that, that knocked me out that night. <laughs> yeah, Marie tried to kill you. i asked i asked for a whiskey i got i got a bottle of whiskey poured into a glass (laughs) yo all right so i you're up i did i did i get you know what's funny about this too i think this is i didn't i didn't even this wasn't even the point of me asking this question but i'm real i realize as i've asked i have casually asked a couple of friends because sometimes I, i like to test out these questions before i bring about the pod right and I've talked to a couple people. It makes me realize, just like we all have insecurities about stuff, usually our insecurities are so isolated to us that when you tell other people something that you're insecure about, they're surprised because they're like, that's not even something I ever thought was a negative about you, right? Or a concern about you, a flaw or anything, right? Dude, your coffee table has never once struck me as anything not, <laughs> not nice. So it's kind of funny to hear you say that. It's, it's all right. It's just, it's not a statement piece. Mm. I'm like, if I had Obama's coming into my house, I would want to have some kind of statement piece. Mm. Like, so since I can't, you said change. If it was an ad situation, I might add like maybe a piece of like authentic art from a black artist or something like that. But if it's a change situation, I always try to be very strict with your parameters. So mm-hmm. if I was going to change one thing, <laughs> that that's that's what I would change. Okay, okay. 
Huh. You're better with listening to my parameters than I am of remembering my parameters. Cause now I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I forgot I should change, change, yeah. change. All right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm just going to go with the tidy up. Cause I think it's interesting to know what people, what's the first thing to tidy. Cause right now I'm thinking about my crib right at this moment. So, uh, my bed is made. You know that. You know that. Of course. <laughs> if you listen to this pod, you know the bed's made. You know my bed is made, <laughs> which I didn't realize was makes me so weird until you told me that people were coming to you being like, your boys really got problems like that. <laughs> um, sorry, people who don't like to make their beds in the morning. <laughs> my bed is made. My dishes are done right now, actually. My dishes. Because oh, usually word. that's usually like a lot of, you know, it's usually a dish issue or like, you know, tidying up the kitchen. But um, I cooked last night. Thursday is Thursdays. Thursdays is the night that my night to cook so that we don't always order out, et cetera. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really good about when I cook. I try to I clean while I cook. So I actually I like to leave the kitchen cleaner than I started out with, if possible. So my kitchen is good right now. I think for me, I think it's always going to be the bathroom and and it's not for the reasons people think cuz it's like I'm not gross in the bathroom, right? I'm not I'm not a teenage boy who just like who has no doesn't have enough hasn't hasn't had enough life experience on how to aim, right? Like <laughs> like like young boys are the gross young boys should all get a bathroom of their own. Let's just put it that way cuz like as boys are just disgusting when it comes to peeing at the very <laughs> right? <laughs> but what I found and maybe I don't know if I'm I don't know if this is my own weird insecurity that I'm hypersensitive about because I remember like at some point in my past like someone mentioned it that I was living with at some point but the uh people find if you don't shave your head regularly and you don't and you don't shave facial hair people get very confused when they see all the the little remnants of hair trimmings around the sink Especially from a black dude, because when I shave my head and shave my face, if I don't, uh, if I don't do a, if I don't get uh, everything, which it's impossible to get on the them little hairs, right? It kind of looks like you draw. It kind of looks like someone threw pubic hairs all over the place, <laughs> and it's a little gross. Um, and like, and just now, actually, just before we recorded the pod, I like, I, 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 I picked out my beard. Like I like to do in the morning, fluff it out a little bit, give it a little bit of, give it a little bit of girth. Yeah, <laughs> and so there's, and so there's all these little curly spiral beard hairs all over my sink right now. I can't have Obama and Michelle coming in, having some drinks, uh, you know, breaking the seal, going to my bathroom, go to wash their hands after they use my clean toilet because that part's good because I'm a grown ass man and I lift the seat. But then they go go to wash their hands and they got a little spirally curly cue piz facial hairs and they don't know what's going on they can think i'm washing my junk in the sink man piz pubes (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was doing in my head the whole time (laughs) (laughs) yeah man so that's that's what i'm all that's what i'm all oh man but i but i will i want to leave the people with people with 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 two thoughts that that came away that that i didn't realize i was going to come away with when we were going to record this pod but two things that came to mind one if you are traveling somewhere um we uh, i want to this is actually in addition to the traveler cheat code that we did in the early episode right if you're traveling somewhere and you're going to resort like we were talking about earlier and you are 
a white American, understand that, especially if you're a listener of our pod, you're probably someone who is not, you're probably open to things that aren't necessarily just directly correlated to your own culture. And so understand, I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people who are making assumptions about you when you're visiting them, their their island, their country, et cetera. And one of the assumptions they're making about, about you is when you're ordering food. So when you next time you go somewhere out of the country, or even if you go to like an ethnic restaurant in your neighborhood, ask them if they have items that are not on the menu that they serve to everybody, because there is a lot of restaurants. I can tell you this. I used to frequent restaurants in Chinatown a lot. And when I would do what I would do, I would go sit down before I did anything. I would look around. First off, I would pick restaurants. There's another thing to, for people to know. Pick a pick places. If you're going to a, to a, a non-American cultural restaurant, pick, look around and pick a place where all the majority of people there are people of that culture. And then Ooh. look at what they are eating and then ask if you can get what they are eating. Ask if there's a menu because people don't even realize place, some places have different menu that they that they have or a different part of the menu for, for people. So that's part one takeaway for me. And then part two takeaway for me is it is more of a dare. I dare every one of our listeners that the next friend or family member you have coming to your crib. I don't want you to change a damn thing. Don't touch shit. Don't touch (laughs) shit. (laughs) And let's see how that goes. And that real quick before, before we, before we throw, we want to throw people back. Also check out episode 10 and a half. We had a little recap episode. So if you missed it, check that out. Right. Um, It's just a a little, little refresher for those who listen to all of our episodes. And for those who are new fans, you'll get a, a, an authentic taste of of B dorm funk in like 30 minutes. So yo, check that out. Yeah, check it out for sure. We did that we did that so that y'all for y'all that haven't had a chance been meaning to either you've been meaning to haven't had a chance cuz life got busy or you know you hadn't heard of us yet before, go check it out, catch up and then you'll also understand some of these references that we throw back to past episodes. So that is another episode of the B dorm podcast. Catch yes, sir. All right. Hey, beat arm listeners probably heard me mention in passing that I do professional voiceover. Well, some of that includes audiobooks that you can download off of Audible. So check this out. We know you love to listen. And for a limited time only, we've got a great special offer for our dedicated listeners. We're happy to be able to offer you up to two free books when you try Audible Premium Plus. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, to Dolly Parton and James Patterson's Run Rose Run. There's something for everyone, and they're the perfect companion for your weekend run or your summer road trip. You can listen to thousands of great times, as many as you want, whenever you want. Stream or download to listen offline. Click the link in the show notes and get started today. Powered by Righteous Media.